and they heard the sound of the Lord God. We're in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, Now we have to imagine this. He is talking face to face to God. God has come to visit him. He is not after this sin run away or somehow now he speaks from a cloud far and far away. He's right there. He's face to face with God. And he says, the woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I ate it. He's angry. He's very, very angry. And when we look at this, he has reason to be. This was his helper. She's supposed to be helping me, basically. You sent her to me to help me. She was my helper. But instead of repenting, he blames her. We have no record in the scripture in this generation or the next one when Cain kills his brother Abel. This whole thing starts to, to spiral down. There is no repentance anywhere. There is no, I'm so sorry, can you help me? There's no, I've made a mess. Would you please help me now? This is what God desperately wants to hear. How do I know that? What, is, what does Jesus say when he shows up on the scene? The very first thing, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. Will you please repent? I've been waiting for this. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's, he's looking for some repentance. He's looking for us to own our stuff. Just come clean. Will you just come clean with me and I can help you? I cannot help you as long as you have to hide. If you can come clean with me, I will cleanse you. I will make it much, much better. This is going to go so much better for you if you will come clean. But Adam had dominion. And it's very hard when you have that kind of power. I mean, dominion over the whole earth. When you have that kind of power, it's very difficult to say, yeah, me too. Mm. Me too. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. In James chapter 1, verse 14, it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. 
Satan tapped into Eve's desire. There was some problem in her relationship with Adam or with God or with both. And he tapped into her desire and made her do something that she knew she shouldn't do. What I want to do now is take a look at ourselves. What is it that if you put yourself in the garden that Satan could tempt you with? What is it that, that motivates you? For me, if I see an uh, ad for power tools, <laughs> I want to go where they're sold, where they're on sale. I want to go near that. I don't necessarily need new power tools, but something about it just motivates me. It's not something I need. It's just something that taps into my desire to have one. For my wife, if she sees wool on sale, some yarn that's 75% uh, off, she wants to click on whatever that And we have to discuss what are our temptations and how does Satan feed into that? Part of it is the wool or the power tool or for you it may be the coffee or the dessert or whatever it is that you don't need right now but that you cannot stop clicking on or you can't stop mashing on or whatever you, however you order those things. We all have them. And if we pretend that we don't, and we pretend that we have to hide them because it's not acceptable what we like to participate in. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's marijuana. There are many things out there that you say, I have to have that. I know it's not good for me, but I need it. And when we, what is the perception of lack? I want you to discuss with yourselves. It may not be what you think. Sometimes when we must get something on sale, the perception of lack is not with the item. It's actually with God providing finances for us, him providing financially. What we want to do is back this up, unwind this a bit, and look, what is this really saying that I have to keep clicking on that, that I have to keep drinking that or taking that or going to that for comfort, for encouragement, whatever it gives you, I want you to take a few minutes now, discuss what it is that you're doing, and let's talk to each other. Why are you doing it? And maybe we can even ask the Lord to show you, to reveal to you what is behind your temptation. What is behind the fact that Satan can use that in your life, whether it's on the internet, whether it's not on the internet, whatever it is, you know what yours is, and he will use it to drag you down and then when you're dragged down, it's possible you're going to take someone else down with you. Your husband, your wife, your children, it just happens. That's the way it works. It's never just your private sin. It always cascades to other people. So let's take a few minutes now to talk among ourselves. Why does Satan 
draw Eve's attention to what God hasn't given her instead of what she has been given. Remember, she lives in paradise, but she's temptable. Take note. Do you tend to focus on what you don't have? Or perhaps what someone else has? Your attention going to someone else's car, house, someone else's position or job, their relationship, their kids, their respect? Can you focus now on what you have been given? And can you give praise and thanksgiving for everything you have been given? God said, on the day that they ate the fruit, that they would surely die. But Adam lived a total of 930 years and didn't die physically right away. But his spiritual connection with God was severed, and that's what died. Instead of having God's life and his love being poured into their spirits, they now had Satan's evil and his corruption influencing them and tormenting them at all times. In Jeremiah 2.13, we can hear God's heart as he says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. It seems that they had access to God, but God seems shy. He wants to be pursued. He wants to be known. Did they know him? I don't think so. They underestimated his value to them. They underestimated his goodness, his provision, his love, and even his vision for their lives. Do you know what God has as a vision for your life? Every good parent has a dream for their child. When God thinks about you, what is his dream for you? For your life? If you don't know, this would be a good time to ask him how he sees you, and what his dreams are for your life. God is love. And anyone who loves has a desire to receive back from the object of their love. Now, God doesn't need our love for his self-esteem. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't like our love. When we don't love him, it does grieve God 
and I believe God grieved when he saw Eve eat the fruit. Adam and Eve were given a task to extend the garden. However, that wasn't their primary purpose. That wasn't where they were meant to find meaning in life. Their primary purpose was to get to know God, to bless Him and each other, and to fill the earth with the knowledge and the goodness of God. How do we know this? What did God really want for Adam and Eve? It wasn't to work for Him. It wasn't just to extend the garden. It was to work with Him to extend the garden, to know Him. In Colossians 1, verses 15 to 17, we read about Jesus, where it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. This means that Adam and Eve, with their dominion, were created through him and for him. And in verse 19 of Colossians 1, we read, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So here is Jesus, the image of the invisible God, with all the fullness of God dwelling in him. And his goal is to reconcile, to make peace, to get back the relationship that Adam and Eve lost in the garden the relationship that they didn't value as much as God did. What we see is God pursuing the relationship with man to the extent that God came to earth to live as a man and to be mistreated as a man and ultimately to die. Jesus demonstrated brilliantly, what Adam and Eve could have done, what life could have been like for them if they would have valued their relationship with their Father. Jesus showed what it was like to handle temptation and stay in relationship with the Father, to pursue relationship with Him to get alone with him, to want his opinion before big decisions in life are made. Adam and Eve undervalued their relationship with God, and they suffered. Do you undervalue your relationship with God? Do you value other things or other relationships more than you do 
your time with God? Let's give that some thought today. If there's a decision that you're facing, take a moment to ask God His opinion. I am sure that Eve wished that she could go back and remake that decision. So let's be proactive and ask God for His opinion on the decisions that you need to make in this season of life. Let's bless the Father today by asking His opinion. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation.